On today's episode of Ivy Unleashed, we brought in esthetician Diana Nordine to come in and talk everything skincare. We know you have all been requesting this episode. It's highly anticipated and you will not be disappointed. So grab a pen, grab a paper. We asked Diana a million and 10 questions and you're going to want to come back to this episode. It is full of knowledge, full of tangible tips. We also want to make a call out that like anything health and wellness related, it can be overwhelming. And so grab any tips that speak to you that don't overwhelm you knowing that there's always more you can be doing and just doing one thing, one recommendation that Diana has for you will make a difference. We had so many questions for Diana ourselves that we actually decided to split this up into two episodes. So today you're going to hear kind of a standard episode with all of our questions about skincare. And then on Thursday, tune in for part two skincare questions from our listeners. And now to today's episode of Ivy Unleashed. We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. Tune in as we search to find the deep, real, and raw truth. We're here to talk big, no room for small talk. It is our mission to inspire, seek growth, simplify the action steps, and build confidence. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Are you ready to step into your power? Now is the time. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. Welcome back to Ivy Unleashed. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we are talking about skincare and we are excited. Our listeners are excited and in-house today we have Diana Nordine. Thank you for joining us and welcome to Ivy Unleashed. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are so pumped. We met Diana at our gut health event that we had at Union Fitness and she came up to us after and she had a story to share and we said, we need you on Ivy Unleashed. We want to be on a podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she's an esthetician, but she also has an incredible story about healing and it really resonated with me and that is why she is here today. So Andrew and I are in very different stages of life as far as hormones and anti-aging and just different concerns when it comes to your skin. And there's a lot more to skincare than we know. And so we brought on a professional to dive into it with us. Thank you for taking this on, Diana, because we have questions from the listeners. We have a million. And so thank you for being up for the challenge. My pleasure. It's there's a lot and there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yes. And even just on TikTok, right? You see products left and right. And people, I think it's similar to gut health and chronic illness where you're desperate and you just want to feel better. And right now with my skin, I can definitely relate. And I'm like, I'll take any product. I'll spend the money, but it's a waste or is it a waste? And we're going to get into all of that because it is so important. But first, we want to take it back to your story, Dana, and how you got into skincare. Sure. So I always wanted to help people in some way. And I went to school to be an industrial psychologist, <laughs> industrial organizational psychologist, it's kind of like the HR side of psychology. I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't the path I wanted to take, but there wasn't anything else I wanted to do. So I finished with that degree 
went back to waiting tables after my college years and developed severe acne out of nowhere. I think I was 25 years old and I was very much in your shoes. I didn't have any idea what to do with my skin. I did everything wrong, bought all the things. I had a very unhealthy lifestyle as well, and that didn't help. And so I had a friend tell me to go get a facial. I didn't even know what an esthetician was at that point. (laughs) So I went and had my first facial at the Veda Institute and was already kind of looking for a new career path. I laid on that table for the first time and I fell in love with it. I was like, this is amazing. You know, I didn't envision myself being being on the healing side of things in that way, but um, I was like, I can help people feel better about themselves. I can help people change the way that they take care of themselves and empower people and educate them. And that was really exciting to me. So I took about a year to figure out that that was worth going back to school for. Um, And it took me a while to get my acne under control. That was a journey in and of itself. But then in the past, well, I've been an esthetician for 13 years, so it's been a wild ride. My career, I spent 11 years working for Lifetime Fitness, and I had a lot of wonderful influences working in that facility. That's kind of where my journey to health began. But I have a history that began in my teens of eating disorders, and I have um, a family history of depression. So those things were amplified by my acne. It really messes with your self-esteem. It's not just you feeling bad about how you look. It makes you feel embarrassed. You don't want to go outside. You don't want to see your friends. So that was really hard for me. <laughs> and then just a, a whole chain of things that have happened to me since then, like since starting that journey to figure out what was either causing my acne or all these other ailments that I was having. And so I've seen a number of naturopaths over the years. And then throughout the past eight years, um, I almost feel like I should like write a book about myself for there should be a movie movie about myself because there's just been so much that has happened. My husband and I are entrepreneurs. We own four restaurants and it was never an intention to Mm -hmm. open that many. It was just like, he's a talented guy. We have a business partner. They opened one and then one thing after another kept happening. Um, But six months into the opening of our first restaurant, my father died tragically. And that, like I'd already kind of, because of working at Lifetime, started learning a lot about how to take care of myself and was making lifestyle changes. But that's when I hit the wall. Like I, I was like, what am I doing? I was working so much. I was just burning myself out and I wasn't enjoying life to its fullest. I had not the greatest outlook on life, and I've done a complete 180 since then. I've invested about as much time as you can to turn myself around and have just incorporated mindfulness, meditation, removed all the things that were unnecessary, and I'm a type A personality person, so that's kind of hard for me, but um, it's really changed my life and my fulfillment and joy that I have. Yeah. And we really connected and bonded at our event because of gut health and the link between gut health and skin health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm curious, have you found what that deep root cause was causing your acne through kind of doing all this holistic Mm -hmm. healing and seeing the naturopathic doctors? Well, to begin with, you're either genetically prone to be able to be acneic or not. 
So there's certain things that can kind of trigger acne. And if you're genetically prone to it, it's going to affect you. If you're not, it won't. That's kind of the beginning or the first piece of it. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think it was a mixture of having been on antibiotics a lot as a child and teenager and then lifestyle, but first and foremost, hormones. I think they're in the mid-20s. A lot of people don't realize how common it is outside of the teen years for people to struggle, especially women with acne. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it has to do with hormonal shifts that happen at different points in our life. So I I think those three things. It Mm. sounds like a lot of unraveling of, I have gut health issues, but I'm also, you know, going through something tough with stress, stress, these tragic events that have happened. I know there's more than just your father that you lost and it's heartbreaking what you've been through. So to navigate all these different things on top of, you know, the gut brain interaction, which Brooke was talking about the event and how, you know, if you're depressed and you're anxious, it's affecting your gut health, which is then affecting your hormones, which is affecting your skin. And so what was that journey like for you navigating through all of that? Um, it kind of took me a while to pull myself out of it. Um, because of my eating disorder past, I, I was also drawn to the field because I knew that I could in turn like heal my body, but make myself look better so I could feel better. And I'm, I'm still figuring out the gut thing. It, I don't think people realize how complex it is, but Skincare is not just what you do on the outside. It's the whole package. It's your lifestyle. It's everything you put into your body, not everything you put on your entire body, everything around you in your home and the spaces you spend time in, the relationships you have, your emotions, and then lastly, skincare, <laughs> which is hugely important. Yeah. I think it's a concept of you can't outrun a poor diet. You can't out supplement a poor diet. Like you can't out skincare, poor lifestyle activities and habits. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I tell people a lot, and this is more pertaining to like, well, you can't just come get a facial and then expect your skin to be great. Like if you think about going to see a personal trainer then you go home and you eat pizza and donuts mm-hmm. and you don't do any exercises, you're not going to get any results. Same thing. If you don't change anything in your lifestyle and you're using good skincare and or you're just getting facials, like it's just not going to come together for you. Mm. Yeah. And that's I, you're exactly. preaching to the choir. I know, <laughs> I know why my skin flares up. It's like every time I walk into Face Foundry, I'm like, oh been eating gummy bears again, or I drank too much this weekend. Like my skin would look so much better if I just drank the water and like ate less sugar. But I, and I feel like I'm on the opposite of like, I'm doing all of the right things. I'm drinking the water. Like my gut's been better than ever. Like what is going on? My hormones. So I feel like it's so different for everyone. Mm-hmm. There are things that we all can be doing to enhance our skin. And there is the side of it being materialistic, but it's also super important because it's our biggest organ. So I'd love for you just to talk about why is it important? Why is just taking care of our skin important in general? I mean, you just said it. <laughs> it's our largest organ. So it's, it serves a purpose. It's not just there for aesthetics. It keeps all of the crucial organs in our body healthy, every, all the systems running and protected, and all of the environmental aggressors, bacteria, viruses, out, of course, unless we get wounds. And then that's why 
you need to take care of wounds and cover them up so things don't get in. Of course, we're susceptible to things like skin cancer and um, other things that are less serious, but um, irritations and things like eczema, psoriasis, dermatitis, all sorts of rashes, things that can happen when we don't take care of our skin that maybe don't affect our overall health, but are unpleasant as far as how they look and how they feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some of the things that everyone should start doing when it comes to taking care of their skin? I would say hands down, the most important thing is wearing sunscreen. There's a misconception about sunscreen. Mm -hmm. And I think people have different opinions. So I'll talk about my opinion. (laughs) Um, Coming from a little bit more of a natural standpoint, I'm a firm believer in using physical sunscreen. So there's chemical and physical sunscreen. Chemical sunscreen is, if you look at the back of a a sunscreen bottle, it's all, and you look under the active ingredient section, if you don't know how to pronounce the word, that's a chemical agent. There's titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. Those are the two physical blocks, and they're minerals. And if you think back to, like, if you've seen movies or TV shows or you hear people talking about lifeguards wearing, like, that white paste on their self or on their face, that is zinc. There's much more elegant formulas today. But what chemical does is it allows the UV rays to penetrate your skin, and then it breaks it down. And then physical makes the UV rays bounce off of the surface of the skin. And then there's products that combine the two. So one really nice thing about physical is that it's effective the second you apply it. So with chemical, you need to apply it 15 to 20 minutes before you go outside. And that's reapplying every two hours when you're out for prolonged periods of time, ideally every day, but who's actually going to do that? But with chemical, every time you reapply, excuse me, you have to get out of the sun for 15 to 20 minutes. That's how people wind up with sunburns. When you go on a trip, you don't need a base tan. That's not a thing that doesn't protect you. You just need to reapply your SPF, UVA, UVB, broad spectrum, sunscreen, every 90 minutes to two hours, and get out of the sun if it's chemical for 15 to 20 minutes to let it kind of activate would be wow to describe it so amazing i didn't know that yeah so protecting your skin from of course aging but skin cancer Mm -hmm. is huge and what people don't a lot of people aren't aware that it's not just the sun anymore it's the blue light from Mm -hmm. all of our devices is just as harmful as far as aging goes so wearing sunscreen year-round is super important because of that but also uva rays penetrate glass so when you're driving around in your car If you're inside a house or a building and window or sun is penetrating the glass, you're being exposed. So it doesn't matter where you live in the world, what time of year it is, you should wear sunscreen year-round. Hands down. If someone's going to do one thing, in my opinion, it should be wear sunscreen. Second thing would be use a pH balance cleanser. Mm. Most cleansers that are over-the-counter are not pH balanced. How do you know if they are? You buy it from a professional. <laughs> um, unless you're buying like an oil, lotiony, creamy cleanser. If it's any sort of like gel or foaming cleanser and it was purchased over the counter, it's probably going to disrupt your pH. A hack that you can use to kind of counteract that would be to use a balancing toner, not an acne, like stripping toner, but like a 
gentle or hydrating toner. That's what toner was originally designed to do, was to then rebalance your pH. But today, most professional products or products you're going to buy from a licensed professional are pH balanced. Okay. Interesting. What are some of those brands? Everything you would buy from a licensed professional almost. I'd say when I started my career 13 years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case, but it wasn't too far into it that most companies started having pH balanced formulas. Okay. Um, there, there's a time and a place for having a, an imbalance in your pH. And that's like when we're doing chemical peels, but mm. on a daily basis, if you are using a cleanser that disrupts your pH, the products that you apply afterwards aren't working properly. And then you are just kind of wasting your money. My mind is blown. <laughs> like I, I think about your pH in your body and like being acidic. Cause that's the work I've done in my gut but I never thought about it like on your skin, on your face. Mm-hmm. So what if you if you are putting a cleanser that isn't pH balanced, it's disrupting your skin, like causing your, breakouts? Your barrier. Or, okay. So it can disrupt your barrier. And now there's all these products of like skin barrier um, repairs. Yep. And I'm like, how, how the hell do I know if my skin's even broke? <laughs> if you're not seeing a professional, it's not unlikely that your barrier is compromised. Why is that? Because of the cleanser factor. Okay. If you're using a unbalanced or a cleanser that disrupts your pH. Yeah. So for someone who isn't seeing a professional, could they still order this online? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or you can just stick to the basic and use like a lotion or uh, oil-based creamy cleanser. Things like that are not going to disrupt your pH. Okay. So if it's a cream-based cleanser, chances are it's a it's better than the foaming ones, like mm-hmm, you said, that mm-hmm. you can get, or the ones that have like the exfoliating little beads in them. Probably not a good idea. Probably not. Yeah. I um, have heard that. One thing that I should say along with that is that it, I, I get it because I come from a history of having acne. Like people have this idea in their head that you need to have a foaming cleanser. Like you need to break that oil down and strip it. But using oil is actually one of the best ways to break oil down on your skin. Oil attracts oil. So if you aren't able to get a professional cleanser, then I would stick with lotiony, creamy oil cleansers. Of course, make sure it's appropriate to your skin type. Usually that's on the bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the idea that you need a foam or gel to get your skin squeaky clean. Not true. It, it's not true. Yeah. Interesting. So say... You're someone's listening me right now, and I'm like, okay, I need to get a new cleanser. Mm-hmm. Where can someone go? Is there a certain brand that you recommend, or you know, someone who didn't want to break the bank and get like professional grade skincare? Mm-hmm. Where would they go? I mean, you can get like oil cleansers, lotion, creamy cleansers at drugstore like Target. I know The Ordinary is a huge brand Mm -hmm. right now. I really know nothing about it except for I think you can get it at Sephora and it's really cheap. Mm. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend dabbling into their their serums, but if they had, I I should just say like Sephora, Ulta, um, they have a mixture of Mm -hmm. professional and over-the-counter drugstore brands. So you could maybe find something that was a little bit less expensive I would just talk to someone that works there because they do have licensed cosmetologists and estheticians on staff there. So you could say, 
you're looking, you want to make sure that you're purchasing something that is pH balanced. You're not going to disrupt your pH and hopefully they're able to answer your question. Perfect. Um, I have heard that the ordinary puts their pH on some of their products, but what's interesting is that it's not even in the right range. Hmm. So <laughs> what, is the what, the toner. what is the range? Uh, Seven? Uh, 4.75.4, I believe. Interesting. I would just use a toner. I mean, if you're going to go to like Target or Walgreens and get your products, your cleanser, then I would use a toner afterwards. Okay. Yeah, like on TikTok, there a lot of people recommend, what is it, CeraVe? Is that mm-hmm. the name of the brand? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that brand? Not me, what I'm using right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so CeraVe, Vanacream, Cetaphil, those brands are pushed big time by like dermatologists because Mm -hmm. they're pretty harmless as far as like they're hypoallergenic. They're great for anybody and they're not going to cause issues as far as irritation. I, as a professional, have seen them leave not necessarily like the foaming one. The foaming one is going to disrupt your pH, but like the creamy, lotiony ones, I've seen them leave film on People skin and cause melia and congestion. So <clears throat> if you're acne prone or if you are using one of those products and you find that you're getting congestion, melia, melia are little like white bumps that if you squeeze them, they don't come out. Um, some people are just more prone to them. And especially if you're using a product like that, it's going to be problematic. But some people use it and it's fine. I mean, it's not, would not be my top choice, but I guess I don't really understand the buzz around it right now. I think it's cheap and it gets the job done of cleaning the skin, mm-hmm. but it leaves a film behind in my opinion and it doesn't have any added benefit to it, which that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like there's I I call them kind of performance cleansers, cleansers that have ingredients in them that are benefiting the skin. But if you're trying to be budget oriented with products, your cleanser at the end of the day goes down the drain. So try to get something that's pH balanced, but you don't have to spend a lot of money on a cleanser. And in all the lines I've worked with in my career, I don't think I've ever seen a cleanser over $40. They're usually professional ones are usually around $24 to $30. And this might have like come up later in the conversation, but I'll just say it now. Like one of the things between over-the-counter slash drugstore brands and professional products is that professional products are much more concentrated. So you can't really compare them apples to apples. You can't say this cleanser from Target is $5 and this cleanser from the professional is $24. They're not going to last the same amount of time. You probably use, I don't know, maybe the size of a quarter of the one from the drugstore and not even the size of a dime, like the size of two raisins, maybe of the professional. So when I sell a cleanser, my it lasts usually six months if people are using it properly. Wow. I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. It's quality is important mm-hmm. because you're using less of it. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. So it's more money up front. You right. know, if you're living on a tight budget, that piece of information might not really make it mm-hmm. easier for you to purchase. So you're it. saying if you're going to invest in something, go with the cleanser first. I think it's really important to have a pH balanced cleanser because everything else you're doing is not going to work properly and your skin is going to be compromised. Okay. So we've got a quality sunscreen that is physical. It has those minerals like zinc and what was the other one? 
Titanium dioxide. Titanium dioxide. And then a quality pH balancing cleanser. Mm -hmm. What are some other staples? Like say someone is starting from ground zero. What else do they need in their routine? Dre, your house smells like a spa. Well, thank you. What is that smell? It's my Rosemary Mint all-purpose surface cleaning spray from The Clean Nest. I met these two female entrepreneurs. They're actually sisters from Minnesota. After 10 years of owning and managing a successful all-natural cleaning business, they decided to create their own all-purpose cleaning spray, and I am so happy I found it. Katie and Angela are passionate about creating clean, beautiful spaces for all families and keeping our home and earth environment clean for future generations. So it's non-toxic? Because the products we use in our homes and breathe in directly affect our health. Our hormones and gut health can be affected by toxic overload. Yep, their products are created using truly clean and safe ingredients. No greenwashing. They use only pure essential oils, which are known for their disinfecting properties. I use it on my mirrors, windows, countertops, even granite. Sinks, stovetops, the microwave, dusting, spills in my house, the interior of my car, and toilets, you name it. They also have lemon mandarin and fresh basil scents. Mmm, my new condo needs to smell like this. So how do I get my hands on the clean nest? Well, they ship anywhere in the U.S., And lucky for you, they're offering Ivy Unleashed listeners 10% off any order with the promo code GOLDIVY. They also offer free shipping on any order over $100. Sold! So head on over to thecleannest.com for your all-purpose cleaning spray and make cleaning more enjoyable. Before I answer that, real quick, with the sunscreen, it does not have to be professional. Side note though, with mineral sunscreens, you are going to be more like pasty white if you buy your sunscreen drugstore or over the counter. The professional formulations, they have, they've just made a formulation that's not going to look like a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Worth the money. Or feel chalky. It's literally taking everything in me not to sprint upstairs, get all my products, go get my sunscreen, (laughs) look at everything right now. I'm really like forcing myself to stay in this chair. (laughs) Okay. But back to answering your question, I would say exfoliation is huge and there's two kinds of exfoliation. There's physical and there's chemical. Physical is any form of like abrasive scrubbing to slough that dead skin that's barely hanging on by a thread from the surface. So microderm, I guess, is like a professional version and that's going to go deeper, but like a scrub, Mm -hmm. um, using facial cleansing brushes. How often should you do that? Well, it really just depends on the product itself. It depends on how abrasive a product is. So I always tell people just follow what is written on the bottle. Mm Mm-hmm. What about the dry brushing? People dry brush their legs, things like that. Do you recommend doing that? I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I don't do it on the face, but (laughs) once your skin is wet, that dead skin doesn't fall off. That superficial dead skin doesn't fall off quite as easily. So the dry brush is really nice for that. And it's good for lymphatic drainage Mm -hmm. and increasing your blood flow. Some people say that helps with cellulite detoxification, of course, because it Mm -hmm. is 
um, stimulating your lymph system. So you do that right before you get in the shower, like you're totally dry. You do that all over your body? Yeah, I usually do it in the shower, just okay. so the dead skin cells yeah. are... Yeah. yeah. So you do it before you get wet or after mm-hmm. you're wet? Yeah. Before. Okay. Before. See, and I've heard that anything that's like going to be really physical, like you know, like the cleansers that have the little beads of them or even the dry brushing, like your skin doesn't like that. Is that a myth? Like anything harsh. Yeah. Like abrasive isn't. It depends on the skin type. Okay. If you have sensitive skin, you have rosacea, you've got a skin condition that is going to be irritated by like eczema, psoriasis. Mm -hmm. Yes. Then that Mm -hmm. is true. What about if you have acne? If you have cystic acne, you don't want to be using a scrub. Okay. If there's inflammation, but for the non-inflammatory types of acne, it's great. So, And then there's chemical exfoliation. And chemical does not mean there's, I mean, everything in this world is a chemical, right? So mm-hmm. like a surfacing peel, would that be something like that? Yeah. Like yeah. A, so yeah. Silic acid. Really, it just means an agent that's causing a chemical reaction in the skin, breaking down the bonds between the dead skin cells. So there's formulations that can be used daily in serums. And then there's chemical peels that you would only do, you know, however often, depending on the potency and the pH level of it. So a combination of the two is really ideal. When you're really young, like in your teens and early 20s, like your dead skin cells turn over perfectly. So physical scrub is probably just fine unless you have acne. And then once you get into your 20s and beyond, combining the two unless you have a skin condition where physical exfoliation is not appropriate. And even for clients that have something like rosacea, there are like uh, there's a time and a place for things like salicylic acid or more gentle acids. There's uh, mandelic is a larger molecule, so it doesn't penetrate as deep, but it's really effective for all kinds of skin issues. So I would say exfoliation is really important because as we get older, our dead skin cells don't turn over as quickly. And then in the winter when people are dry, oftentimes it's because there's too much buildup on the surface. And so you might automatically think the last thing I need to do is exfoliate because my skin is dry and that's going to make it more dry. But actually your products aren't absorbing because there's too much buildup on the surface. So there's a fine line between over exfoliating and under exfoliating, and it's different for everybody. It's a little challenging if you're not working with a professional to figure it out, but I would say just start, like follow what directions or frequency is on a bottle Mm -hmm. and start with one product at a time. And if your skin feels irritated or starts to feel tight, that's a sign that you're overdoing it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to ask, you know, about like purging and you start a new skincare uh, routine or even just a product and it's like do I just need my face to get used to this or does it not like it and I just wasted my money? How do you know? You've probably heard the saying things need to get or are going to get worse before they get better. It, yeah. It. I mean, unless it's a reaction, a rash, dermatitis, something like that, usually you're saying like acne purging, mm-hmm. right, is what I'm guessing. Usually it's a matter of fighting through it. Okay. So. Acne takes starts as something called a microcomedone. It's like a teeny tiny impaction, and it takes 90 days to go through its entire cycle. So if you were just if you had acne and you were starting to work with a professional to clear it, it's not common unless you take a fast track and you're willing to deal with some dry skin and be a little uncomfortable. 
that you're going to clear it up faster than 90 days. Because everything you start treating from day one, there's already microcomodones in the skin that I have to go through the full cycle. So luckily, when you start a new product, it usually doesn't take 90 days to fully get everything out. But even after a treatment, I tell people it's not uncommon to have some purging this is something that would have come out of the skin anyways, but what I have found is that when something is brought out by a new product or a treatment, it usually doesn't last as long. I don't know if you've found that at all, or I don't know if you break out normally at all. I feel like I break out just looking at something. <laughs> like my skin is just very, very sensitive. And I also, with like my gut health and hormones and like getting off birth control. So I feel like I'm in the spot of, like, I don't know what to do. Do I spend the money and try new things? Do I go back and I have sensitive skin, so do I just stick with a cleanser and a moisturizer and, like, not throw crap on my face? That's why when I say, like, for starting from ground zero, like, what would you recommend? So sunscreen, a pH balancing cleanser, exfoliant. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a certain type of exfoliant for someone who has acne-prone skin? Well... Salicylic acid is Mm -hmm. a really common ingredient that is really helpful if you have more congestive, like blackheads, Mm -hmm. whiteheads, just like more bumps under the skin, clogged pores, because it breaks down the buildup of oil and dead skin. Benzoyl peroxide is not necessarily, it's not an exfoliant. It kills the acne bacteria. So for someone that has more cystic acne, that's a really powerful ingredient And then mandelic and glycolic acid can have their place in treating acne too, depending on the type of skin. If you have more sensitive skin, I would imagine that mandelic could be really beneficial. And a lot of people probably heard of benzoyl peroxide. Mm -hmm. And if you just dive in and start using it right away, it's going to dry your skin out. And there's tips and tricks that you can use to try and kind of soften the blow and get your skin to adjust to it. A lot of people give up on it though, because... Just like uh, a Retin-A from, or like Differin, all those mm-hmm. um, prescriptive retinoids, same thing. Mm-hmm. Very, They're effective if people can tolerate them, but most people can't. Yeah, so how long should they be in your skincare routine? Like once the acne is gone, then would you stop the Differin and the Cicillic Acid? You know, like when you start these products, are you on them forever? No, I mean, that's where, again, it comes in. Help. It's helpful to work with a professional because we our skin routine should change with the seasons. Uh-huh. Not every single component, maybe the frequency at which you apply certain things would change versus getting a new product. But, you know, having more rich things in the winter to co- or give you more hydration and moisture, maybe a little bit, maybe you like your foaming cleanser in the summer, but in the winter, that's going to be too drying. Maybe you have more purifying toner in the summer and a hydrating one in the winter. And maybe you use your retinoid every day in the summer. And of course, wear your sunscreen <laughs> while you're doing that. And then you can only tolerate it every other day in the winter. So it's that's a complex question. But what I will say is that there's like benzoyl peroxide is not something you would be on forever. Usually that's something you would use as long as you have acne. Salicylic acid, you would use that one as long as your skin is going to benefit from it, as long as you have oil, congestion, maybe you have a problematic area. And so you only use it in that area, not if you have combination skin, you might not put it outside of your T-zone or something like that. But 
once or if something's right for your skin at a certain point in time does not mean it's always going to be right for your skin. When I listen to this back, I'm going to get a notepad and I'm going to write all these notes <laughs> and then I'm going to write you a text. It's going to be like, can you please start your own TikTok? But then can I call you just so we can talk about my skin? Cause it's like, it is so personal, <laughs> yeah, right? And it yeah. is different seasons and it is complicated. And I do like, you know, you saying all this information because the more we know, the more we can do, right? And it can be overwhelming, but just take the pieces that you're like, okay, that makes sense for me. That makes sense for my skin type, right? And I have two questions about things you already mentioned. One is sunscreen. So I do cleanser, toner, serum, moisturizer, like on the regular. Does sunscreen come at the end? Mm -hmm. Yes. Just clarifying that for everybody else. And then also retinol. That's like anti-aging, right? Is that something that I will do forever a couple times a week to keep like the anti-aging going? Or what are your thoughts on retinol? Is that the frequency you're using it is a couple times a week? I actually don't have it yet. <laughs> but I was told to like ease into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it depends on if it's a prescription, you're probably not going to tolerate it every day. If you, and there's, okay. So retinoid is the family of Everything falls under that umbrella. Anti-aging things do? No, I'm just, there's, retinoid is like a family of types of products. And like and retinol then, would fall Yep, and that? then there's retinol esters. If you buy a product at Target, Walgreens, that's probably what you're going to see. It's the lowest grade. It's the least okay. effective. Um, when you put a retinoid on your skin, the least Potent ones have to go through conversions in your skin, and a retinol ester, I think, has to go through four conversions. So prescriptions are retinoic acid, and the next step up is uh, retinaldehyde. That has to go through one conversion, and then retinol has to go through two. I think I'm, I feel like I'm missing one, and then there's retinol esters. So the further away you get from retinoic acid, they have to go, the skin has to convert it so that it acts like So less effective. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then there's also the factor of like, if you're using a retinoic acid prescription, it's active when you put it on the surface. And that's part of what is so irritating, but professional product lines formulate their products a lot of times in like a micro encapsulation and not just with retinoids, but other like benzoyl peroxides, other ingredients that can be irritating. One, they do that so that it gets into the area in the skin that you want it to treat. So it's the most potent there and it releases in that part of the skin. The other reason is to cut down an irritation. Mm. And then in professional formulas, you'll find things that will be more like nourishing, soothing, hydrating to counter balance. Okay. Are they safe? Like you, someone that's like totally like natural, trying to heal your gut, do you use them? I do. It, I, I think it's more about the ingredients that they're formulated with. Okay. So, I mean, I haven't looked at the ingredient list of the prescriptions. I'm just not. I certainly have clients that are on them because I get it. Like insurance will cover that. And if you don't have to pay for that, I'm going to work with you if that's all you're willing to do and try and figure out how to get your skin to tolerate it. But it's, I, I would say it's more about the other ingredients that are in the product. There's, 
I, I don't feel that there's anything detrimental to our health from the actual retinoid. Okay. Okay. It really, it's just regulating your cellular turnover okay. and stimulating collagen and elastin production. So it's not just acne that it's beneficial, or I'm sorry, not just aging it's mm-hmm. beneficial for. It's used a lot for acne as well. Okay. And then with that cellular turnover, you can see things like evening of skin tone. It's not going to be your most powerful tool if you have pigmentation issues, but you can see some evening of the skin tone with that. Oh, good to know. So they are, the hype is real. Yes. So you just got to know what kind of grade you're getting. Yeah. So to kind of jump back into your question about the essentials, so SPF, the pH balance cleanser, exfoliation, those are the top three. Like if you want the most basic regimen, you can make an oatmeal scrub at home. Like (laughs) if you don't have the money to buy a scrub, I can't give you recipes or anything to make your own chemical exfoliation at home. Of course, something that's professional is going to be more effective, but exfoliate in some way, shape or form and don't overdo it. Underdoing it is equally, well, not equally, but it's not... Um, helpful either because you're still not absorbing your products appropriately. But then there are, if you're willing to take it a couple steps further, two gold standards with anti-aging and having a vitamin C antioxidant serum in the daytime and a retinoid or a product that acts like a retinoid in the skin. So I have a product line that's called Epiance and I do, I do carry retinol, retinols in my studio, but I do have a line for people that either don't want to be on a retinol, don't tolerate it, or that are outside a lot because retinoids make you more sensitive to the sun. Mm-hmm. And so it's really nice. This line, they have a product called Lytix, L-Y-T-I-C, and they act like a retinoid in the skin, but they don't have any of the side effects. They don't photosensitize you. They're safe for people that are, or women that are breastfeeding and nursing, you don't have to stop them before you get a wax or before you get a chemical peel. So um, it's just a nice alternative. But yeah, so it doesn't have to be a retinol that gets you that same effect Mm -hmm. is my point. And then there's, you know, it really depends on your concern as to what other things would be beneficial in your regimen. Mm -hmm. How often would you say for like the exfoliating and the retinoid because I've heard kind of doing um like every other day or doing rotations of every four days so I'm curious what your opinion on that is well it really it depends on what the product is okay so there's scrubs that are made to be used every single day and they're super fine particles you're not gonna it really honestly doesn't feel like a whole lot's going on with that type of product it's not that nothing's happening you don't want it to be abrasive, super abrasive if you're using it every day. And that's probably just a matter of preference as to what product you're going to choose. If you want to be exfoliating every day, then buy one of those types of products. Mm-hmm. If you like that, like more gritty kind of feel, mm-hmm. then buy a product that's meant to be used only once or twice a week. Um, and then the chemicals, exfoliants, there's so many products out there. There's serums there's that are either, you know, like straight salicylic or glycolic or mandelic. Um, alpha or lactic acid, and then there's blends, and then there's prod, and those most people can tolerate those types of things daily. Every once in a while, you'll want to ease into a product like a glycolic acid penetrates pretty deep and can be more drying and irritating for some people. So that might be kind of like a retinol where you want to ease into it. But then there's products like I have these 
anti-aging peel pads that you use one to three times a week. And it's kind of like doing your own little mini chemical peel at home. There's not just a straight answer Mm -hmm. for that. It really depends on what your objective is, what you're trying to treat, what condition your skin is in, and what product you want to use. Overwhelming information. This is why we're recording. (laughs) I love it. I love to just knowing that you can sit down and try and get like specifics, but it is, everyone is different. Everyone has different skin. We have different needs, different seasons. Like for me in the summer, I run a lot outside. And so I, if I don't like cleanse my face right away or exfoliate regularly, I get, what's it called? My Melia. Melia. Yeah. And it's super embarrassing in the summer. And so working with someone has been nice to be like, okay, what can I do about this? She's like, I don't know what you got to do to get that face cleansed the second you walk through the door, but please cleanse your face, <laughs> which sounds so simple, but I'm like, oh, I got to jump back on a call or I got to, you know, whatever. So that's something I'm working on. Just it's, everyone's different. And so if you can work with someone, it can be really valuable. Yeah. Well, of course, in a perfect world, you'd see an esthetician once a month. Our dead skin cells in our younger years take about 28 days to turn over. And then as we get older, it slows down a little bit. So usually somewhere between like four to six weeks is the ideal time frame if you were going for optimal skin health and wanting to achieve, get certain conditions under control. My next recommendation for people is like, honestly, what you do at home is the most important thing. So if you have to pick and choose, go see a professional. A lot of professionals will do a complimentary consultation. Get a good regimen. If you can't afford the facial, get the right products at home. But if you can afford both, but not monthly, quarterly is really beneficial. That's going to be more of like a maintenance mode where you're doing the treatments just to make your products at home more effective. And then if you can only get a facial once a year or every six months, so be it. Just make sure that you're um, you're checking in with that esthetician and when you run out of products. Mm-hmm. And will they tell you based on your concerns and needs, like what to do? Because I know you go in for a facial and they're like, oh, you can get microderm and this and that. And I'm like, I don't know, just make my skin smooth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are a lot of options mm-hmm. and it can be hard for an esthetician because there are, there's not always one way to get the results. And so I think you just have to be direct and say, this is the result I'm wanting. And I think it's helpful as a professional to know how much money you're willing to spend. I have that on my intake form. You know, what are your top concerns? How much, what are you willing to do? How many steps are you willing to do? How much money are you willing to spend? Because I'm not going to recommend a seven-step prod- or uh, regimen to someone that only has $100 to spend that day. Mm-hmm. I'd rather sell them products so that they can take care of their skin if that's all they can spend. But yeah, I would just say, you know, like, these are, this is what I want with my skin. Just tell me one treatment. Like, how can I get there? What should we do today? Or what should I book for next time? I also think it's important to be honest about what you don't know. Like when I'm with mine at Face Foundry, shout out, uh, Christy, I'm like, I don't know what you just said. Like, I don't even know. Can you repeat that word? And it's, it can be overwhelming because there are big words like she, she's like, I'll just put BPO on it. I'm like, okay, now I know what BPO is. What is it again? Pencil peroxide? Yeah, but thank you. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. She's like, did you use that? And I'm like, did the BPO one? She's like, yeah. I'm like, yes, I did. But it's, you know, it's overwhelming to admit, you know, I feel like I should know these things, but I don't. And I think it's just, just let them know. I mean, it's their job to be the professional. 
tell them what you don't know. Tell them what you're willing to spend. Be honest about your budget, your goals, and what you can commit to so that you can actually get some results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious what you recommend aside from products. You know, we talked kind of earlier about lifestyle activities. Mm-hmm. And so if there were a handful of things that you would recommend everyone do to help with their skin, what would those be? Drink lots of water. And it's not just drink water, it's balance your water intake with your caffeine and your alcohol intake. Ooh. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> with my years of working in Lifetime, and I have a friend who's a nutritionist, and through working with naturopaths myself, I've heard that you should drink half your body weight in water a day, and for every ounce of caffeine or alcohol you intake, you should have two ounces to replenish. That's a ton of water. It is a ton of water. I don't drink alcohol. I drink two shots of espresso in the morning. So I can easily meet that because I'm not dehydrating myself with those things. But if you drink a lot of water, you drink alcohol on a daily basis, it's a really hard thing to accomplish. So don't beat yourself up about it. Just try and drink as much as you can. I think it's helpful to have a water bottle that you carry around with you. I like should just attach mine to my hip. Like <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't bring it in here. I bring it without even realizing into restaurants. So I'm That's like, great. Why, why do I have this with me right now? Oh, because I just take it everywhere. So water mm-hmm. is huge. Sleep is super important. It's really hard for people that have jobs that are night shifts. It's it's like almost impossible to completely reach your health goals, including skin goals. If you work nights, it just messes up with your circadian rhythm. It's super hard on your body. Um, but you just do what you can Mm -hmm. if that's your situation. And then managing stress is really big. I'm all about finding what works for you as far as mindfulness and meditation. And it doesn't have to be hokey pokey, like, or hocus, not hokey pokey, hocus pocus, like just slow down, try to be in the moment Try to be present and not be so chaotic in your head and appreciate each moment that you have. Yeah. Is that because of like the horm- like the cortisol stress hormones get released, then that affects your gut health, which affects your hormones, which then affects your skin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, God. Basically. <laughs> basically, yeah. I just want to piece it together for anybody that's like, wait, why does my stress affect my skin? Mm-hmm. Just literally everything is interconnected. You drink that water, it's affecting so many body systems in you, not just skin. It's it's wild. Focusing on one small thing can make a huge difference in how you feel, how you look. And uh, I'm so glad you brought up water because I suck at it. <laughs> and I'm working on it. <laughs> well, I think about water and I also think about things that have helped me. You know, like eggs it was a big trigger for my skin. Dairy, gluten, sugar, mm-hmm. alcohol, soy, a lot of things, but even just like figuring out, okay, did I eat something different that affected my skin? It's like kind of, I play detective too. And last week I was like, this nut butter I got has eggs in it. And I stopped having eggs because of my skin and like, okay, that could have caused it. All right, stop eating that. So it's like almost playing detective as far as what you can have that will cause that inflammatory response Mm -hmm. for you, Mm -hmm. making it work that way. Yeah. So, I mean, you just kind of slid that one right in there. Food mm-hmm. would be another one. It's hard in our busy lives to eat whole foods, but you are what you eat. We've all heard that saying. I mean, nourishing your skin doesn't happen just from what you put on topically. It's what you put into your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
supplements, of course, are important. Some omegas, probiotics to have, you know, balance your gut microbiome Mm -hmm. and antioxidants, vitamin A, C, D, E, curcumin is popular. CoQ10 is a really good one for anti-aging along with everything you get what you pay for Mm -hmm. as far as supplements go. Um, if you don't work with a holistic provider that you can purchase products through, there's stores out there that sell professional grade supplements. I'm from the St. Paul area, so <laughs> I recommend TaylorMade. I think they have two locations. There's one called Mastel's in St. Paul. Um, and then I know that there's online portals, but I think that you have to get um, registered through yeah. your practitioner. So. That can be a hard one because they are more expensive and they're a little bit harder to come by. But if you have access to the higher quality ones, they're going to be far more beneficial for you. Yeah. It's just, it's, I think it sucks that health is so expensive, right? You know, it's like, why can't we just have these supplements be regulated? Like they can't be on the market unless they're high quality Mm -hmm. and then be cheaper. Like it just sucks that so many people are like, well... What is the number one thing to do then? Because I could invest in this and this. And if putting like what goes in my body is most important, then maybe I start there. You know, you will even think about like food quality right nowadays. Like the soil isn't what it used to be. Think about what farmers are feeding their animals. And like, is that even true? It's certified, but to what extent? Like you can get down such a rabbit hole and and that, and that causes stress. Yep, that's so what you, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, like, so you have to do, you know, <laughs> what makes sense for you in the moment that isn't overwhelming, that helps you sleep at night knowing I'm doing something good for me. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So the water or temperature that we use when we shower is also another thing that people don't really realize. Like, I'll be the first to admit I want a warm shower, and I know that that's not the best thing for my skin, really? but I'm a freeze baby. If you can handle a tepid shower, that's the best thing. Um, I always think like I cold know. water would dry out your skin. That's <clears throat> not true. Well, warm waters um, like break down the lipids on your skin, which is part of your barrier. Okay. So if you need to take a warm shower, then applying moisturizer is even more important. Okay. <clears throat> I knew it. I knew it. I, yeah, I'm that person where if my shower isn't burning me, like it's not hot enough. <laughs> I love hot showers. Yeah. And I know that putting that on my face isn't good. So, of course, yeah. it's not good for the rest of my skin. Yeah. Ugh, bummer. So, so then just apply your moisturizer right away. So what kind of moisturizer? Let's talk about that. I'm not as picky with body moisturizer. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, I want it to be something that's clean, personally, mm-hmm. and something that feels like it has lasting hydration. I mean, I personally use professional products because I have access to them, but I think that if you can find something that you like and it feels like it's hydrating... It's not, to me, it's not as important as your face to have high-end product on your body. Okay. What about moisturizer for face? I know we didn't talk, talk on that yet. It's all about finding the right one for your skin type. And there's hydrators and there's moisturizers. Have you heard of the difference? <laughs> sure haven't. <laughs> Please okay. tell us. So people get really, they use the terms dry and dehydrated interchangeably. So in the wintertime, when people say, my skin is dry. Well, you're born with dry skin or oily skin. It can change over a lifetime. Medications, certain health conditions, a few other things can change 
the uh, amount of oil production you have in your skin, but at the end of the day, it's genetic as to whether you have more or less oil production. Dehydration, so that saying you're dry or oily is either the absence or the presence of more or less oil. And then saying you're dehydrated or hydrated clearly is water in your skin. Oh, okay. And so hydrators provide water, kind of, like um, usually hyaluronic acid is probably the most commonly known ingredient that's used to deeply hydrate the skin that's oftentimes found in a serum, can be in a moisturizer. And then a moisturizer is made to kind of replenish the oils on your skin and kind of seal everything in. So you can definitely use both. Some people that are very oily may not need a moisturizer if they have a hydrator in their regimen. Okay. Interesting. It makes sense, but then you re- you hear this and you're like, so what what, what do I do? What do I change? What do I do? One step at a time. Hyaluronic acid does not, it's non-comedogenic, meaning it does not clog, clog pores. So you really can't go wrong with hyaluronic acid. It's going to be beneficial because even if you have oily skin, you still need hydration. Okay. Uh, That's in serums, right? Like my serum would have that in times. it? Okay. Yes, it can be in moisturizers, but it's often in serums. Okay. And would that be like a morning or evening thing? Both. Okay. But if you're going to use it once, think of this, that the skin goes through like most of its repairing mm-hmm. while we're sleeping. So Why you some, need your sleep, yo. Yep. yep. So hydration is going to be really beneficial or okay. additional hydration is going to be very beneficial while you sleep. Okay. So I'm thinking of like the order, right? If we had, if you had all of these that you're talking about, so it would go cleanser, toner, toner, if if you wanted to use a toner and then it would be uh, like your benzoyl peroxide or would it be the serums like the hyaluronic acid first? Well, if you have multiple serums, it almost always goes in the order of weight. So think of like a watery serum can't penetrate through an oily serum. Okay. So like say it was like a sicilic acid. Would that... If it was a liquid or a gel, you'd put that on before, like if you had like an oily serum. Okay. So lightest first to heaviest? Lightest to heaviest. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Got it. Yep. And then you end with your moisturizer. Yep. Where would the retinol go? Retinol is at the end. And ideally you don't apply a moisturizer right away. I really like a line called skin better. These terms are not regulated. So people will say like medical grade or pharmaceutical grade. And that really just illustrates that it's super potent, high quality. You have to have a medical director. So a medical practitioner overseeing your practice to be able to sell those products because they're so potent. So Skin Better is one of those lines. I'm not going to say it's pharmaceutical, but it's super high end. But they are the only line out there that I know of that has formulated retinoic acid in a formulation that you can just start using it every single day, right off the bat, no dryness, no irritation, and you don't need a moisturizer afterwards. What? And that's something you said every day. Every day. So it would be like, I would use every night. moisturizer in the morning, mm-hmm. and then this would, okay. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're using another, pretty much... Most other retinols, a lot of people want a moisturizer afterwards. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a divide in the industry as to whether people would say that you need to wait. 
I believe that if you apply your moisturizer right away, that you're kind of diluting your retinoid. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe you want to use your retinoid every day. So you apply your moisturizer right away or even mix it in. So it's not as potent and your skin can tolerate it. Everyone has a different school of thought on that. Mm -hmm. There are retinol products out there, professional grade, probably. I don't know about over the counter because I don't think they're really, I, I honestly haven't used them myself. And I do hear from people that they can be drying and irritating. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because the formulation isn't balanced with enough hydrators in it, but they're not potent, anywhere near as potent as you know, what I would sell in my studio or what you'd get at for, for a prescription. So I think it's just that they probably don't have enough ingredients to balance. So you can apply a moisturizer after a retinoid, but I would suggest waiting mm -hmm. like 10 minutes. What I usually tell people is apply it and then go off and do something else. If your skin feels tight, you know, after 10 minutes, put a moisturizer on. Yeah, I love it. Isn't that what you're aiming for, though? Like, you want to feel tight? Like, ooh, it took my wrinkle away. <laughs> <laughs> but dry skin doesn't look... Uh, it looks true. like shriveled up and wrinkly. <laughs> Think of a grape versus a raisin. Yeah. So hydrated skin is the grape. It's nice and plump and smooth and round. And a raisin is literally yeah. dehydrated. Oh, I'm just thinking <laughs> of, like, all of these, like, cheap masks I've put on my face. My face feels so tight after now. I'm like... It's working. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's a different effect if you're looking for, like, tightening, lifting. Yeah. That can, yeah, that can be a good thing, but tight? Yeah. Usually means dry to me. Hydrate. Yeah. yeah. Moisturize. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So work with a professional. <laughs> yes. And if you can't, just take little nuggets from this episode Small steps, ladies and gentlemen. Mm, yeah. That's what I'm telling myself right here. Um, I'm curious, you know, because people, they want to go all in, myself included. So what are some of like the mistakes that you've seen with your clients over the years? Improper use of sunscreen is the number one thing I'd say. Not using a pH balance cleanser. Sleeping in your makeup. Mm, guilty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, I've gotten better. I, I'm... I have rarely ever miss washing my this face. This girl, anymore. like, no acne, but just would sleep in her makeup. And, oh, it ages you more quickly. Oh, if that helps you wash your face more. Mm -hmm. One thing I didn't mention earlier about the basic routine is double cleansing mm -hmm. is beneficial. It can be done in different ways. If you want to be, like, do it by the book way, you would use, like, an oil-based cleanser first because oil is going to attract all the oil on your skin, the impurities that build up. If you look at the windshield on your car, the windows on your home, that film of gunk is building up on our skin. Windows don't have oil on them. Our skin does. So think about how much more junk is being attracted to our skin. We sweat. It doesn't matter if you wear makeup or not. Everyone needs to wash their face, and you're going to get a better result if you double cleanse because mm -hmm. the first cleanse removes all the impurities, makeup if you're wearing it, oils, sweat, whatever. And then the second cleanse is actually deeply cleansing your skin. How do you feel about using the first, like the oil base to remove all of your makeup or using something first and then the oil based and then a cleanser? So I'll tell you what I do. Yeah, please do. I, oh, can you just start, <laughs> just start from you're about to go to bed. What are you doing? Well, I am big into using microfiber cloths to remove makeup and 
I don't always double cleanse after that because I feel like it does a really good job of removing makeup and all of the impurities. I use, I have two products. I'll use either Norwex cloths. They have a product called the body cloth mm-hmm. or I sell makeup remover cloth. I know it says makeup remover in the name, but it does, re- it does break down oil, sweat, just all those impurities. So if you are not wanting to either spend the money on a cleanser because you obviously are going to go through it faster if you're double cleansing, mm-hmm. or you just feel like it's too much effort to do two full cleanses. That's do you a, throw a nice them hack. away? No, that's the beautiful thing about it. It's a microfiber cloth. You wash it like Norwex cloths. You wash like every three weeks, and makeup remover cloths you have to wash every like three days, probably. Okay. In the summer, they get a little bit funky smelling. You wash them a little bit more frequently. But yeah, so I'll use that cloth and then I'll use an oil cleanser and then depending on the type of the year or type type of year, like a foaming cleanser or more of a lotion cleanser. Okay. That's pH balanced. That's pH balanced. <laughs> yes. Yes. Got it. I'm a person that believes that no one line has every product that you need. So I use different lines in my regimen. So I use a product for evening skin tone and then I use uh, oil in the winter, not in the summer. And then I use my retinol, the Skin Better product that I was talking about, and an eye cream. And then in the morning, oh, I forgot my antioxidant. I apply that right after I cleanse. Okay. You can use it morning and night. Of course. Is it just, oh, sorry. Of course. Well, I mean, you still, like, your body is still being affected by free radical damage, even when you're not out exposed to the environment. I mean, we have them in our home, they're in our bodies. To be more budget-friendly, daytime use, I'd say, is probably more common for people to just use it in the daytime. So that would be like your vitamin C? Yep, vitamin C. You'd use morning and night or just morning if you wanted to save? Yeah. Okay, I see. Just morning if you want to save. And then in the morning, I just do a single cleanse. So double cleansing really doesn't need to be done in the morning. Whatever you do, don't just slap on sunscreen. Don't just slap on your makeup. Like, if at the bare minimum, use one of those microfiber cloths. I'm not a believer of makeup remover wipes. They can be irritating to the skin. They're bad for the environment. <laughs> and some of them, it, they're all like different formulations, but some of them can strip the skin. Some of them can be, I, I just would say irritating overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wash your face in some way, shape or form before you put anything on. So, but I use a gentle cleanser and then I put on my antioxidant serum, my uh, product for hyperpigmentation, and then my moisturizer and sunscreen and eye cream. A couple times a week, I use a mask that has chemical and physical exfoliation in it, followed by like a hydrating mask. Mm-hmm. So you do two masks in one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And people forget about lips too. Yeah. Lips are skin. So exfoliate them. SPF them. Yes, that's what? a hard one. That's a really hard one. So because, you have chapstick, right? Yeah. I mean, I say it's a hard one because I prefer the physical sunscreen. Mm. And there's not a lot of products out there that I'm super picky about how lip balm or chapstick, whatever type of product it is, feels on my lip. Like, it gets in your mouth whether you, whether you want it to or not. If it tastes bad, I don't want to use it. I don't like anything that's sticky or glossy. I just like it to feel kind of like creamy, I would say. And there's not 
very many options that have physical sunscreen with the right texture. Mm. But yes, it is important to protect your lips with sunscreen. And then there's lip exfoliants out there, but you can find some DIY tricks to exfoliate your lips pretty easily at home. Never really thought about exfoliating my <laughs> lips before. Man, we're gonna the week this airs, we're gonna be doing all kinds of things, aren't we? Oh, I'm so excited. Andrew and I have been wanting to talk about this topic for the longest time. And we were waiting for the perfect guest. And you are it. We are so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, so much. I mean, we have still have a million questions, and I'm sure people listening do too. And so if they want to follow you, get connected, where can they find you? The name of my business is Glow Skin and Brow. It's G-L-O. So you can find me on Instagram at Glow Skin and Brow. It's all lowercase, the letter or the word and. And then on Facebook, it's the symbol and. Um, and then my website is glowskinandbrow.com with the word and. So G-L-O-S-K-I-N-A-N-D-B-R-O-W. <laughs> awesome. And we will plug all your information in the blog. And uh, we're going to try and get more information out of you. So (laughs) you're not done yet, Diana. So uh, next up is time for our three gold stars. So so three takeaways that you have for our listeners. Wear your sunscreen, get good sleep or try to get good sleep and get a pH balanced cleanser. (laughs) Love it. Bam. All right. Next up, we have Unleashing Ivy. These are our rapid fire surprise questions. Are you ready? Yes. What do you feel like has made the biggest difference for your skin when you think about your journey of healing your acne? That's a tough one. I think just using the right products for my skin. With acne, I did everything wrong. Like I said earlier, like I stripped the heck out of my barrier, which is super common. You think your skin's dirty and oily and you want to get all that grime off to get rid of the bacteria and the acne and it actually just makes things worse. So I don't struggle with acne now like I did uh, then, but just I think having the right regimen makes the biggest difference. My question just has to do with all that you juggle. You are a mom, you own businesses, you and your husband, you have a lot going on. And so, you know, how do you make your health a priority? Like what works for you to make that happen? Well, I'm an insomniac, which works a little bit in my favor because my body is wired to wake up at like four in the morning. Mm. So I don't get out of bed until five. I just kind of rest for that last hour. If I get out of bed at four, I'm not, I don't feel good through the day. So I found that if I just kind of hang out, get up at five, no one in my house wakes up until 730, except for me. So I get two and a half hours. So I have an infrared sauna in my house. I meditate. I work out. I some days don't do any of those things and get some work done. Just kind of listen to my body. I go to the gym some mornings, but that is my time for myself. But then on the opposite end of the day, after I put my son to bed, I try to check out of technology. Um, I found that that was super helpful with my insomnia was just not I do watch a TV show before I go to bed, but I wear blue light blocking glasses (laughs) and my husband makes fun of me, but I wear, I have a progression. I have like blue light blocking regular glasses that I wear when I watch TV. But then when we would shut the TV off, I have these super intense ones that have red lenses. 
<laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> but it helps me sleep. So, yeah. You wear I mean, them when you sleep? No. Or like, like that TV last like half hour between when I turn the TV off. I don't pick, like I don't look at my phone or anything, but we have blue lights in our houses too. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, like the lights on your oven or clocks around the house can be blue lights too. Mm-hmm. So I find that just having that time to myself in the morning and then just checking out after my son goes to bed helps me feel balanced, but also prioritizing because I have so much in my life. My husband's super busy managing four restaurants and I now have my own. I have learned that you can't get everything you want to get done in a day. And you just have to kind of pick what's most important. And even if you don't get it done, there's tomorrow. Like if there's something that is crucial, there's a deadline, of course, I focus on that first. But I really put myself first with it. And that's something I learned through my journey was if I don't take care of myself, like you would think with how busy I am that I wouldn't have time for self-care. That is top priority for me. Because if I'm not balanced and feeling good, I'm not going to be a good mom, wife, sister, friend, esthetician. So love it. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay. Last question. What is one thing you wish you would have known sooner? Gosh. <laughs> Take your time. I think the importance of sunscreen. When I was in my teens and early 20s, I am Northern European descent. And I thought that if I just got enough sunburns that one day I'd magically get this bronze skin. I worked in a tanning salon. Like I lived in Hawaii. I totally tortured my skin. It wasn't until... I was 24 that I started wearing sunscreen properly. And if I were not an esthetician, I am afraid to even think of what my skin would look like. (laughs) I would have horrible pigmentation and I would probably look 10 years older. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have great skin. It's, I mean, people don't, we don't care about what we're going to look like when we're old, when we're young, Mm -hmm. but that's when it's the most important because 80% of the damage that shows up when we're older happens before we turn 18. So if you have kids, if you're under 18, wear your sunscreen, apply it every two hours, get something that works for you. Like if physical lotion doesn't work for you, like find a stick or like, I'm not a huge fan of sprays, but if that's what works for you, get the sunscreen on. Wear your damn sunscreen. If you take one thing away from this episode. That's right. <laughs> Which I feel like I've been hearing all over. So there's a reason you're hearing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. All well. right. And lastly is our piece of gold. So a quote that speaks to you. Would you like to share yours? When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. This is Gold Ivy signing off. <laughs> Listen to your truth and go chase your gold. <laughs> <laughs>